2: Notre Dame fans, welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. Joined today by Vince D'Addario, our football analyst. And Vince, we got some football we need to analyze today.
0: (laughs) Notre Dame, um,
2: in in, in an announcement that I was hoping we wouldn't hear, but I'm not surprised that we're hearing, Jordan Johnson, the, the rising sophomore receiver, has announced his intention to transfer. And we're going to talk about that, Vince, and we're going we're gonna to go from it from several different ways. Well, number one, sure. we're going to talk about it practically from a news standpoint, what this means for Notre Dame's depth chart, what this means for Notre Dame's rotation this upcoming season. And then after we dive into that, we'll talk a little bit about how it impacts recruiting, and then we can go into uh, some just some of our thoughts about how this all went down, why it happened, and how it could have and should have been avoided. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So first and foremost, Vince, Notre Dame, there's gonna be two responses to this one. One is to absolutely lose your minds, and this is why Notre Dame's never gonna win and all this other kind of stuff. The other one is to sure. say, nah, no big deal. They got plenty of receivers. Both responses, in my opinion, are wrong. Uh th- this is I was this say, is a, somewhere this, down the middle. Right. On, this on is that, a, yeah. a big loss, but at the same Huge. time, they do have a lot of receivers coming back. But this this is more about the depth chart. Not just for 2021, but the depth chart for beyond 2021, Absolutely. And, and that's where we're going to begin, Vince. So, as as we kind of start off, let's first look at what the, the Notre Dame depth chart and and how this is going to impact what Notre Dame is is going to be doing the next couple, really the next, um, you know, like I said, 2021, but also 2000 beyond 2021.
1: Yeah, so you know it's it's interesting because you're right for 2021. Notre Dame has a great depth chart, and and we saw you know bits and pieces of that during the uh, the blue goal game, right? And and we know that Kevin Austin is still out because of an injury, uh, but we saw Avery Davis. I thought he played very well. Lawrence Keys played very well. I thought we saw a, a lot of really good things from Brayden Lindsey. Uh, Joe Wilkins was targeted a lot he had some drops which is a little bit concerning but in my opinion Joe Wilkins is a um, is a piece uh, He he's a piece to the puzzle he's not a guy that you want to be your go-to receiver anyway so I'm okay with that I, I'm, I'm okay with a couple of drops from him uh, because I think he can make some plays uh, you know there's still Xavier Watts we've seen great things from him in some of the uh, you know, the three-minute clips that we've been able to get our hands on. Um, so that has been good. He wasn't really targeted in the blue-gold game, but I don't think that that necessarily means a whole lot. Um, and then we saw Lorenzo Styles get targeted a little bit, which really, you know, what really benefited him was the fact that they split the rosters and they had starters and second guys together. Uh, I think he benefited from that big time. Um And look, again, you look at that list, there's dudes there. There, There's Mm -hmm. guys there that you can win with. There is no question. My issue is Jordan Johnson should have been a part of the equation, whether he was a starter, whether he Mm -hmm. was part of the rotation, whatever. He makes this group better this year, next year, and beyond. And so it's not just about 2021, because for 2021, they're going to be fine. Okay.
2: Well, now, I'm going to push back this. on that a little bit. Well, I will say because what if four of the first five names on that list have in common? They've all been injured at some point like, or another, like relatively significant injuries that have cost them multiple games. None and of those guys have proven that they can stay healthy. I will.
1: I will also say that while I was very happy to see what Keys and Avery Davis did, uh, we didn't see a whole lot from the outside receiver guy. I mean, Kevin Austin, yes, okay, but you and I have talked many, many times. He's not necessarily the answer to an every down guy, right? We don't mm-hmm. necessarily want that to be the role for him. Um, Kevin Austin was still injured, so we didn't see what he could bring to the table. Joe Wilkins did okay, but again, I don't see him as a starter. So where are those outside receivers and who is mm-hmm. going to take that role? Well, that could have been a prime spot for Jordan Johnson, and this could have been with, with, with Austin on the sideline this spring could have been a prime time for him to show what he has, to get on the field, period. And that didn't happen.
2: Let's – a couple quick things real quick as we go through this, Vince. Number one, there's a lot of questions and comments, and we will get to them all after we kind of get done talking through some of this depth chart stuff. I, I promise we'll get to those comments, and we'll we'll answer your questions. Here's another thing, Vince, that I want to – let me pull that back up. Here's something else that we we don't see a lot of. The issue for me is I felt like in the spring – jordan johnson or not in the spring but looking into the fall Mm -hmm. you've got avery davis slot guy outside smaller guy Braden lindsey smaller faster guy not an every down player lawrence key slot outside guy 170 some pounds not sure if he's a 70 plus snap per game guy in the future joe wilkins not only had drop issues in the blue gold game he had drop issues last year at notre dame he's never really proven he can be a playmaker he averages under 10 yards a catch on his career Xavier Watts, we've never seen him really play. Jay Brunel, we've never seen him really play. And that's assuming those two guys even stay on the roster. Okay, And then three freshmen, and as we've seen at Notre Dame, they struggle to develop freshmen. Even when they try to play them, they don't don't do much. I mean, Will Fuller had six catches. Kevin Austin had five. Chase Claypool had five. Miles Boykin had zero. I mean, I've done this before. I've gone down this list before and showed how all these players just didn't have a lot of success. And so that, to me, is troubling number sure. one. Number two, who's the big one-on-one boundary guys? Exactly. That's what I've You have a true freshman, yes. Deion Colsey, who, again, talented player, five-star upside guy, but he's also a raw player that played against pretty low level of competition That's that still needs time to develop. And, and as, as I said, we haven't seen Notre Dame show the ability to really get freshmen like him going. Then you've got Kevin Austin, who has, in three years, has six career catches. He has more you know, he's been suspended for a full year because of mm-hmm. off the field stuff. He has been he has missed most of last year with an injury. He's broken that same foot twice, I believe. That's
1: the concerning at part least. Me, yeah.
2: And so, again, who's your boundary guy? And and, and that that's my constituent my issue beyond just, the you know, some of the stuff that we'll get into about how this happened and why this happened. Practically speaking. If you're going to say they're going to be fine, you better at least be willing to engage in the fact that the depth chart does not look great in regards to doing the things that this offense has proven that it needs in the offense. The only time we've seen this offense flourish without a taller, bigger one-on-one guy in the boundary is when they had a guy that ran a 4-3-2. And they also had, were able to run the ball for over 200 yards a game that year. That was 2015 with Will Fuller. They had Mike McGlinchey at, at right tackle, Ronnie Stanley left tackle, Quentin Nelson at left guard, Alex Barr's right guard, and Sam Musford center. You know what? The, or actually, no, they had, to, they had Steve Elmer at right guard, Nick Martin at center that year. Well, four of those five guys are NFL starters right now. The other one probably would have been if he'd have stayed with football. Right. Yeah. He so. Could. That's my, practically speaking, that's my concern. That's sort of my pushback to the notion of, oh, they're going to be fine, is based on what? They're going to be fine based on, on on. I mean, Kevin Austin? Look, if Kevin Austin comes back healthy, if Braden Lindsay is able to stay healthy, if Lawrence Keys can stay healthy, if Joe Wilkins can get over his drops and make more plays like he did at the beginning of the game and not what he did after that, and and they can develop Deion Colsey and Lawrence Stiles is as good as advertised, sure, they're gonna be fine, but that's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of ifs. And and so practically speaking, that's my concern. And to the notion of, well, they're 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 gonna be fine. That's the I hate that response whenever a kid transfers, whether I agree with the transfer or not, or understand where it came from. Don't you think you'd be better off if you're Notre Dame with this list of players? and jordan johnson right exactly that's he my, elevates that's my whatever issue.
1: group he's with
2: when whatever school he
1: lands in he's going to elevate the wide receiver room period just from a skill standpoint he's a five
2: star i, I right. was he the, the 28th overall is that the yeah. number that I, remember now, I didn't grade him as a five star just okay. i had him as a top 50 guy more in that 45 to 55 range but still okay. a guy like that should have caught five or six balls as a freshman you know yes. that's just a fact a guy like that should at least be getting the rotation now there's Blame to go all around for why he didn't get it. But the fact is, practically speaking, this is a loss. And even if Jordan Johnson's only, let's say he was overrated and not really a five-star or a top 50 guy. Let's say he was just a top 150 guy, okay? That's still a loss. Sure. Because he's still a good football player. He's also a player that provides a unique skill set that a lot of your guys don't have. Jordan Johnson is a completely different player than Brayden Lindsey, Lawrence Keys, Xavier Watts lorenzo styles i mean all those guys that you're davery davis all those guys you're looking at the only guys that are kind of similar to him style of play wise are joe wilkins who's a solid player but that's it and kevin austin who incredibly talented but injury prone so yes if kevin austin can come back and stay healthy if xavier watts doesn't transfer and if they start to actually develop him instead of doing with him what they did with jordan johnson if lindsey can be healthy if keys can be healthy if if Styles is as good as advertised, if Wilkins can be solid, if Avery Davis is gonna make the jump, I think he's gonna make yeah, in 2021, they're gonna be fine. But here's the here's where it gets tricky, Vince. The asterisk by those four players' names is that's because those are all fifth years for those guys. Right. And when was the last time you saw a coaching staff bring back four or even three skill, fifth-year skill players at a position? You just don't sure. see that at skill players. You rarely see that along the offensive line. And my concern is the other part, and Brian Kelly has made this clear over the years, and he is 100% correct on this. The coaching staff only has so much of a say in who comes back for a fifth year. They can say, hey, we want you back. But if the school says no, and when you look at a guy like Kevin Austin, for example, that's going to be really shaky in regards to whether or not the school is going to let him come back for a fifth year. And the other part of it is, is will all those guys want to come back for a fifth year? So let's just say two of those guys come back. You're looking at seven wide receivers. That's assuming Jay Brunel or Xavier Watts doesn't transfer. If one of those guys transfers, now you're talking about six wide receivers, and then whatever freshmen come in. And again, right. rinse and repeat in regards to the inability of this coaching staff to really get freshmen ready to play. And then you come back, and let's say it's it's some two of you know, let's say it's it's Wilkins and and one of Keys, Lindsey, or Austin. And those are players that have proven to have a hard time staying healthy. And if one of those guys goes down, now where are you? Right. And we're not talking in three years. We're talking about 2022. Which is so, when the schedule
1: gets right. much, much and Jordan more Johnson
2: would have been a junior, so he would have been hitting that sweet spot for Notre Dame where for that sure. third year where those guys tend to start really taking jumps as players. So, look, this is problematic, and if you if your response is, well, that's okay, go get C.J. Williams and Tobias Merriweather and Xavier Bradshaw. Oh, well, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a great receiving core, but let, let's consider two things. Number one, what do you think the odds are that they get all three of those guys right now? Zero. Right? Number two, what's what are the odds that all those guys are ready to play and contribute as true freshmen? Right? If Jordan Johnson couldn't do it as a true freshman, why are we assuming that those guys are going to come in as true freshmen? and contribute speaking speaking of recruiting don't guys who are being recruited
1: look at how freshmen are used and how i mean do you think any of them are going to reach out to jordan
2: johnson and and, we'll get we'll get in let's get into that here in a second vince i just want to i just because we're going to that's going to take us down a rabbit hole that we will continue we will get down but i just think practically (laughs) speaking okay this is this puts notre dame in a risky situation there's a chance they could be just fine because again Chip long and and did a really good job of bringing in talented wide receivers. I mean, they did. It's just there's been some issues in regards to those guys staying healthy. And that's really my big problem. Vince, if if Austin, Lindsay and Keys, here's here's two things to look at it. If they had no history of getting injured, I would not be concerned about this transfer in 2021. I wouldn't. Having said that, if those guys didn't have a history of getting injured, we would not be talking about them possibly coming back in 2022. And Notre Dame would be really screwed. Yeah, that's true. So it's 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 a it's a tough situation in regards to just simply saying, you know, hey, this is terrible. He's their most talented player. Uh, that's debatable. That's very debatable in my opinion. And, and I've said in the past that I thought Xavier Watts had a higher ceiling in that class alone. But we don't know if he's going to stay. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if Jay Brunel is going to stay. So the the numbers are getting shaky. Kevin Austin's a guy that to me had a higher grade coming out of high school than than he did as well. And 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 I would argue that Deion Colsey is not as polished as Lawrence Keyes or J- Jordan Johnson was coming out of high school. But I think Dion has a higher ceiling just because of his size and his unique athleticism. I think Dion has a lot more explosive potential with Jordan. Jordan was an explosive athlete. He was more of a precise route runner and, you know, catch the one-on-ones and those kind of things. He was not a dynamic athlete in the way that like a Braden Lindsay or Lawrence Keyes was. He was a different kind of player. So I do think this presents some problematic areas for the depth chart. And, and as you and I have said it a lot of times, Vince, as a coach, when you're going into a season with a lot of ifs, that right. gets concerning. And, and right. to me, that's where Notre Dame is. On one hand, we agree, right, Vince? A lot of talent. On the other oh, hand, absolutely. I could put an asterisk by one, two, three, four, five, six, at least seven of those guys. I could put an asterisk besides either injury history, sure. inexperience, or may not even be here in the fall. And that's that's where I I view it as, as being a problematic issue.
1: Well, it's all an issue, and you know when you when you put it out there like this with the fifth years and uh, you know the eligibility remaining, and, and frankly, we don't know as far as in a gold helmet, we don't know a lot about a lot of these kids, right? I mean, because we haven't had an opportunity to see them, they haven't been counted on in this wide receiving core, and of course, Jordan Johnson would have also fallen in that category. But no matter how you slice it, having him on this list makes this group better. Period. So. Again, if those ifs are answered as yeses, then yeah, they're going to be fine this year. No question. I'm more worried about next year and moving forward after that.
2: But here's the other thing, Vince. If they're fine this year, that increases the odds that they're not going to be fine in 2022. Because if Brayden Lindsay goes out there and has a healthy year and has like 40 catches for 700, 800 yards and proves to be a big play player, do you want to risk coming back and having another injury real season or do you want to take your shot knowing that, hey, I'm going to test well, I'm going to put up a real fast 40 time and that kind of stuff? Same thing with Kevin Austin. If Kevin Austin is healthy and he comes out and he is Notre Dame's number one receiver, which I think we can all say is possible, I would argue – I don't know your stance on this, Vince. I don't know – we actually haven't talked about this, I don't believe. I think Kevin Austin is their most God-given talented receiver, assuming he's 100% healthy again. Right. I think he's their most physical the, – the combination of size, ball skills, and athleticism. If he's back 100%, he's really good. Sure. Is there any chance in heck that if Kevin Austin catches more than 40 passes this year, he comes back for a fifth year? No way. With his, I don't, I just, I don't see it. He's so injury-prone that right. why would you take that chance? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it does get – it does get it. It does get problematic. So I just I view it as th- just pr- again we're just talking practically. We're not talking about whether this should or shouldn't have happened. We're just trying to have a, an honest conversation about it. And if you can't accept that, then you you have to uh, you have to accept the fact that you're just not willing to be objective and you're just going to defend the staff no matter what happens. Sure. If you can't accept the fact that yeah there's there's reasons for this beyond you know that Notre Dame is talented and you know, he did have to battle. Then I again you're just being unnecessarily negative we have to have a practical conversation about this and and, and that's that's the issue so that's the practical yes. part of this conversation let's get to the part that i know you've been wanting to talk about the entire time <laughs> and just and just the, the 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 Vince to me this is this is problematic in a lot of ways let's just put all the cards out on the table all right are there things that jordan johnson could and should have done differently Absolutely. Probably, yes. Absolutely. And just from things I've been told, yeah, there's some things, but the things that I have been told are typical freshman issues. Okay. That were blown up for him that honestly weren't blown up for some other guys. And, and that's my issue is, yeah, I have heard some stories about guys who are now in the NFL that played for years. And it's like, well, that's not as bad as what Jordan Johnson did. And, and, Jordan Johnson's been in Brian Kelly's doghouse. Right. So to me that's an issue. Number one is is just the the stubbornness to develop a younger player. If Notre Dame had the same approach on offense that they have on defense, when you look at like for example how Mike Elson has developed younger players. I've heard stories about how how younger players have gone to Mike Elson frustrated about their playing time, the manner in which he handles those conversations, it's like, "Yeah, okay, I get it now, coach. I'm going to keep working." We're not, we're not, not happening on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Right. And it's not Elson's response isn't, okay, we're going to play you because you're pissed. That's not how his response is, but there's a trust there because those guys are at his house all the time, or at least they were until this COVID stuff happened, you know, but there has to, there there has to, you have to look in the mirror and say, why, why is this continuing to be a problem throughout your tenure? And I don't blame Tommy Reese. I blame Dell Alexander to a degree, but this has been going on for a while.
1: Well, And now
2: that the transfer portal is what it is, where guys can just leave and go right away, there's a risk that this could happen more. Because when you have a young, talented player like this, you have to take – look, the reality is, Vince, you know this. Notre Dame fans who want to talk about traits and and they want to accept Brian Kelly's version of this, because right now that's the only version we have, and that's the thing that I think pisses me off about college football players is they can't come out and say, hey, this is what's going on because then – It's, oh, it's classless and it's what, but a, a 58 year old head coach can constantly talk a player down traits. And, and every time it's like Brian Kelly just had this like disdain forever talking about Jordan Johnson. And honestly, I don't think it had anything to do with Jordan Johnson. I don't think this is a personal issue with Jordan Johnson. I don't. I think this is just another list, long line of Kelly being stubborn with how the offense is run and wanting more veteran players. And you have to know the whole route tree and all these other types sure. of things. I think the issue is, is, he got sick of us talking about it. And so, his, his by coming after us, he was in turn talking down Jordan. And if you're an eight, put, I want everybody to do this. Put yourselves back in your 18, 19 year old selves. And every time the head football coach goes on an interview and he's talking to ta- thousands if not tens of thousands of people, he has something negative to say about you, he's questioning your work ethic, he's questioning your focus, he's questioning your your character, which is what traits are. What are traits if not character? Right. Right? Absolutely. And it's Absolutely. never, "Hey, yeah. look, we think Jordan can be a star here, but he's got to grow up and he's got I think he'd be more willing, but there was never that. He's like, "Yeah, he's a good player, he's come along, but let me say these negative things." There was never the comments that we saw from other other with other players, and I don't think it was a a a, a poor a, a a personal issue with Jordan as much as it was Brian Kelly getting frustrated with us that we kept talking about it. But that's our job, and he needs to get over that because he's a grown man and he makes millions of dollars. That's part of our job is to ask you why one of your most two three sure. talented players gets fewer targets in a spring game than some of your walk ons, you know. And it was obvious that he was done. I mean, it was, uh, You don't transfer two days after the Blue Gold game, and you weren't thinking about it all spring. So there, yeah. there's. This has been festering for a while. Vince, for sure, that's that's. I mean, that's part of what makes me so frustrated.
1: I mean, the the frustration for me is twofold. No, number one, if you know, you, you say it wasn't personal towards Jordan Johnson. That may not have been. I'm assuming. But, I don't. Want, I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt. To me, yeah. it felt that way. Yes, like it felt like. I don't want to say there was a vendetta or he had like this preconceived well, the doghouse. idea. He was clearly in he, Kelly's doghouse. Clearly in the doghouse for whatever reason, clearly in the doghouse. So that that's number one. And I, you know, with everything that you've heard, and, and there, there was no practical reason that we are aware of that he should have been in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, the, and then the second thing would be the the stubbornness not to play young kids in general mm-hmm. on the offensive side. And that that's a bigger picture problem, right? Well, uh, it's more a
2: receiver, and, and I, I think we need to say that because we—that's we, oh, fair because because but, but, right. right. but again but the, again the the pushback on that is those guys are tend to be anomalies. I mean, so, well, Michael Mayer played. Okay, what other freshman wide receiver played? Alize right. Mack. That's it. Tyler, you know, Tyler Eifert was wasn't playing as a red shirt freshman until Kyle Rudolph got hurt. Yeah, you know, I mean. So this is this has been an issue for for quite some time. I no, mean, it it's absolutely but it's even more an of an issue. issue at wide receiver. Um, and and that's
1: that's my more bigger picture philosophical uh type question is you're not going to play these young guys. It's clear that the young guys are leaving mm-hmm. um because of this situation. Whether it's they have a problem with it, you know, whatever. Uh, P Dub had a comment that I want to put up here because this is the direction that I'm going with this. If you were a parent of a top recruit that's a wide receiver, would you even entertain a call from Notre Dame on the offensive side? I wouldn't. Now I'm closer to the situation than 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 most parents of recruits, right? But Notre Dame doesn't play freshman wide receivers, and if I think Rarely. I've got a yeah. if I think I've got a five star wide receiver, if I think I've got a highly ranked wide receiver sleeping upstairs in my house, I don't know that I'm going after. A Notre Dame offer, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Now I'll go get the offer because it'll boost my everything. You know, it'll it'll boost my rating and blah 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 blah. But I don't know that I ever seriously consider sending my kid to Notre Dame if it's a if it's a solely a football decision. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I, I uh, if it was me personally, of course I'm thinking about the education, et cetera. So I don't mm-hmm. want people to think that I'm not thinking about that. But if I want my kid to play and I want him to be a part of a good program, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that Notre Dame makes the short list. Right. I'm being honest.
2: I think they'll still make the short list because they're Notre Dame. But I think this is one of the things that is continued to hurt Notre Dame when it comes to wide receiver recruiting. It, it just it does. I mean, you can deny it all you want. And you can say no, but look, the, there's a long history of this. And if you think, and if Brian Kelly is annoyed with us for saying it publicly, like people in the media, does he really think that that Clemson's coaching staff isn't saying this? That Ohio oh, State's coaching I'd staff, use USC's coaching staff. You know, I mean, every coaching staff in the country has has a history of getting freshmen ready to play. And not even just like, you know, the Justin Rosses who are freaky talents, but look what Clemson did this year with E.J. with EJ Williams. Right. I'm sorry, E.J. Williams is not a more talented player than Jordan no. Johnson. He just was Agreed. given an opportunity to make plays. You say, well, your opportunities are earned in practice. That is such the lamest thing that I've ever heard because that is that is only true to a point. You can have guys, You coaches have to decide who plays. I mean, that's the fact of it. But the other part Good of help. it is, Good Look, go ask anyone that played under Lou Holtz about some of fans' all-time favorite players. And what you're going to find is they had to hold that guy's hand every day, make sure he went to class, make sure he wasn't doing this. I mean, some of the stories I've heard over the years, and it's just like, no, you don't want to have a team full of those guys, but you're going to have some of those guys. I get it. Believe the other me. problem is, is that Kelly Kelly and the staff have chosen to play some of those guys in the past. And then for some reason, that the other guys, they won't do it. And I think that lack of consistency in how they address that is to me is problematic because it's like, well, right. you're telling me to do this or I'm not going to play, but you know, so-and-so is not, is doing the same things. I'm doing and worse right. and, and you're playing him and he's a starter and one of your star players. I think that lack of consistency from a messaging standpoint is also sure. why there appears to be a lack of trust with, with some of the younger players. And, and that exists. I'm telling yeah. you, I talk to a lot of people that exists. Sure. That's the problem. And Tommy Reese can only do so much to, smooth it over and 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 the assistant coaches can only do so much to smooth it over right before things like this start to happen and and i think that this is domino number one when we look at the, the transfer portal situation is that that you know there this is something that i'm concerned is going to happen more frequently well because that's, kids can now lead. and here's the other thing, the unique thing about jordan johnson vince he's basically still a freshman because this past That's year true. didn't count because the COVID year. So he's even more attractive to college teams because he still has four, four Actually, technically, I, I think it's actually five. If he, if he, because he, if he gets injured, he can still have another, L, another redshirt That's season. That's true. That's so true. So this is a kid you're basically treating Jordan Johnson like he's a 2021 recruit that got a year of seasoning at Notre Dame. That's essentially how he's going to be looked at. And that's how Notre Dame should have looked. That's at a coveted him. recruit.
1: He's yeah. a coveted guy right now, and, yeah. that, and that's the problem with this transfer portal nonsense. Is that having to sit out a year used to be a deterrent from going mm-hmm. into the portal. It was okay, you know, I'm not playing. I'm frustrated, but I don't want to go into the transfer portal and have to guarantee to sit for a whole other year. So I'll stick around. I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's the problem with the trend. Now it's with with. Kids these days, and I know I'm gonna sound like the old man in my rocking chair on the thing, you know, telling kids to stop trample my roses. But that's the thing with kids these days is they always look for the easy way out. Mm-hmm. This generation, it's I'm well, generalizing. I, I yeah, get that, but they people look for the easy way out when things get tough, and now you're allowing that to happen,
2: and and yeah. kids are gonna take it. And you're being very broad with it, and that's I, part I of my issue that I've pushed back against the transfer portal because. And I've seen this firsthand. I've, I mean, because I coached at a level where you didn't have to sit out to transfer the Division three level. You don't have to sit out a year. Gotcha. And I've had kids come back, coach. I wish I wouldn't have done this. And you know, it's just. And I've talked to noted former Notre Dame players are like, yeah, I was about to leave after my freshman year, but I didn't want to sit out a year, so I stuck right. it out, and then I ends up being an NFL player because a lot of eighteen year olds have those kind of issues. Uh, and and part of the, the the issue that I have with with the Notre Dame program right now is is. There's there's too much put on the players to have to conform at a young age. That's part of development, and this is why I've pointed to other players that their coaches do kind of kick them in the butt and take them under their wing and let them know that, that they care about them. And and I just think that's a bit more of an issue at receiver than it is at some other positions. And, and that to me is 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 something that I, I believe to be problematic. And I think that's why certain positions are gonna are gonna potentially see more transfers than others because if you feel like your coach has your back like i know of a player right now that's contemplating transferring and a big part of it is is because he just doesn't know if if what when he goes to talk to his coach if he's going to get a straight answer i have an i know of another player i know a parent of another player who's a veteran now who wanted to transfer after his freshman year went to talk to his position coach and the coach told him some things but he felt like you know what coach always shoots me straight mm-hmm. and I trust him. I'm going to stick it out. And and that guy is, a, is playing now and he's a key part of what they're trying to do. So that relationship, that trust thing is very important to this. And if if you don't realize that, then you've never been in a locker room. And, and if you and look, I transferred after my freshman year for that exact reason. You know, you promised me one thing when I was being recruited and then f- it took four days for you to break your promise. How can I ever trust you again? And so see you later. I'm out of here. And so I think that's the thing about this, Vince, is, is this is going to, pr- from a recruiting standpoint, it, it, it could hurt them. Now, people are going to say, well, hey, this opens up another scholarship. Well, wh- again, for who? That That's the problem. You, you, if it's if you say, hey, we're going to get C.J. Williams and Tobias Merriweather and Xavier Bradshaw, great, that's phenomenal. But are they going to leave too if they don't play as freshmen? That You, you go, you know what I mean? Just as, exci- as excited as you are about those new recruits is, ex- is how excited sure. you were when Jordan Johnson signed. Absolutely. No, Lorenzo Styles is going to play a ton. That's fine, but we'll see. We'll see about that. You know, I hope he does. But again, Lorenzo Styles and Jordan Johnson are different players. They they don't do the same things. So I just, uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and 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 you know, there's a lot of these people that we're getting these responses, right? And then these responses, it's not a good thing for the kids. That anyone that's ever been around football knows this is not good for young people. It's not. And let's just say this. Let's say Jordan Johnson transfers to a power five program and the coach is promising playing time and he still steps on campus and he starts right away. Yeah, that's good for Jordan Johnson. You know, what it's not good for the five kids have spent the last three years working their butts off to try to get an opportunity. And all of a sudden this transfer comes in and he's handed a job, right? This isn't good for kids. Uh, so, you know, I, I get tired of hearing that as well, but that's a different topic for a different day. Let's right. stay on Jordan Johnson. I, I look at this Vince and I say, listen, I think there's fault to go all around on this. I think there's certain things that Jordan Johnson as an 18 and 19 year old should have done better. And and when he looks back on this in five years, he's going to say, yeah, you know what? I should have done this differently. I should have done that differently. If Jordan Johnson is the young man that I know him to be, he's going to have those moments where he he may already have them. He may already be kind of looking at like, you know, I wish I'd have done this differently, but he also realizes, but you know, but I, I, you know, coach isn't getting past that. You know, they're they're just not going to get past that. I don't believe that they're going to get past that, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe he doesn't realize it yet, but he will down the road. But at the same time, you have a lot of adults in this building that need to to, to understand that if you want to win a championship, there's going to be players like Jordan Johnson that you kind of got to have to pay a little bit more attention to than others. That's just a fact. And some of the greatest players to ever play at Notre Dame in the last 30, 40 years were exactly that same kind of player. But the coaches that developed those players understood that, It's it shouldn't be always about the 18 year olds having to do all the moving towards what I'm doing. Sometimes it's me having to put my arm around a kid Mm -hmm. and say, hey, man, we're going to we're going to do this together. And sometimes that means encouragement. Sometimes that means me putting my foot up as behind. You you know what I mean? Sure. But at the same time, when you when you when you tell a kid, well, you're not playing because of traits. You now you've said this in the past before, Vince, you've now removed the carrot from the conversation and all you're giving them is the stick right it's like well you're not going to play well okay well now so i'm not playing so now what am i going to do you know so so it's kind of like hey we're we're going to we're going to get you focused cuz you know hey look if you know, we're going to throw you out there and you keep this going here's what you got to do and and they don't do that it's just at some positions they just say hey look we're we're moving on and that that to me is really frustrating well and and from a specific jordan
1: johnson uh point of view if i'm in his shoes i'm leaving too there's no question with the rules the way mm-hmm. they're set up uh, with the ability to play right away, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I, I would leave. I would leave too because look, kids listen to what the head coach says in the media. Yeah, um, they know. Wh- they know who, well, for the most part, I should say, they know who's better than who on the roster, and they know if they should be playing right. over so- certain people. Now, some kids have a clouded view of their of their talent sure. level. I, I, of course, sure. they do. Okay, but with everything that was stacked up against Jordan Johnson at this point. I would have done the exact same thing, and I, I thought his his you know uh, little statement that he put out was classy. It was you know it was the right thing to do. Um, but you're right; the fact that it happened two days after the Blue goal game was no surprise. That right. means that he had this thing in a holster, uh, ready to go. And it tells me and they I didn't want to keep him. And I don't that's blame him. Well, yeah. and that that's a really good point. If I'm a head coach and I realize that one of my Stud potential stud players is going to leave. I'm going to try to recruit him to come back. Yeah. Like, I want him to stay right. in the fold, and this never even gets out,
2: right? Right. Uh,
1: and that clearly it seems didn't like happen. the
2: only time they've done that is when it's at a position where they're thin on numbers, yeah, more so than that being individual player, sure, 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 sure. And it, to me, that's problematic. So, yeah. it, it, and look, if you don't think that, as we mentioned before, that Dabo Sweeney and Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley and Clay Helton and every other coach in America's, you know, Mario Cristobal, all those coaches are going to. Not be pointing this out to to recruits they're battling Notre Dame for at receiver. Right. You're, you're kidding yourself. I want to go through these comments, Vince, because it's a wide array of comments. Oh, it's uh, like the it's, Wild West over very here. Very interesting. But but I, I like the fact that there's a lot of difference of opinion, and we're going to try to get to these all. Robert did uh, th- 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 off. This is a killer. However, I barely saw him on the field during the spring game. Hopefully, the depth chart is there this year to rebound. I think we addressed that, Robert. You know? Yep. Um, just because he wasn't on the field doesn't mean he can't play. I mean, we rarely saw Kyron Williams in 2019. So are you – again, I'll, I'll point to this. Are you telling me that Kyron Williams went from a guy that only deserved four carries for an entire season, a season in which they had running back depth problems all year, right. to all sudden he's a 1,000-yard rusher with 35 catches, a year he later up he and made was that big back. of a jump? Yeah. Right. Come on. No, it's about – you have to be given the opportunity and and – when most guys do, they make it. They take advantage of it. Jamel Jamel Chamberlain in Notre Dame continues to play, uh, not to play young receiver. What is the issue? Is it coaching preparation? Other programs get some get kids some reps and some opportunities, but Notre Dame refuses. This may hurt recruiting in the long run. So I, I want to address a couple of these comments from Jamel because I, I think he's onto a lot of couple things. I, I think there's a couple issues as to why. Because we can say, hey, freshmen don't play at Notre Dame. Well, why? There's a couple reasons for that. Number one is, is you have to set what your standard is going to be for guys to play, and most good coaches set a standard based on a player's on what the expectations should be for a player. So if you have a senior who is half the time doesn't know the routes, doesn't know the plays, odds are you're not going to play him because sure. you're a senior. When you have a freshman that that's that, that's that way. You say, okay, I don't expect him to know everything that Javon McKinley knows, but he's a very talented kid. He does these three things real well. We're going to get him those opportunities. That's what most teams do. That's what Clemson did with EJ Williams early in the season this past year, and it paid off for him because by the end of the year, EJ Williams was playing much better, had two great plays in the ACC championship game sure. against Notre Dame. And, let, and let, me, let me add this too, Brian. Mm-hmm. When you have the
1: possibility of playing, Okay, so Clemson plays their freshman wide receiver, right? So there is that possibility. You know, you might not play this game, but you might play this game. There's that possibility Mm -hmm. of playing. What I've noticed with kids is they're more focused off the field when they know that there's going to be an opportunity to get on the field. So all these kids that we're talking about have have issues off the field and they're, they're not focused and blah, 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 blah. If you have an opportunity to play, sometimes that goes away. Right. I, I'm just saying, when, when you have a chance to play, you, you tend to be a little bit more responsible mm-hmm. with the things that you're doing away right. from the team.
2: Here's the other part, Vince, to this. I've, ad- I've addressed this for years. The fact of the matter is, when guys are on scout team, and I know for a fact that Jordan Johnson was on, was on scout team for at least half the year, they don't get coached on offense. They just don't. They're not in the meetings with the, 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 meetings, the varsity yeah. players. It was even worse this year from what I'm told by several people because of COVID rules, you had to have even fewer players in meetings. They're not getting – other than individual periods, they're getting no coaching from the, the the position coach. It's mostly working with graduate assistants and it's running the other team's offense. So that's the other thing is there is no development, and that's a right. problem. That's a, that's a, huge a problem. problem. And look, we've all been there as coaches. I know, especially I have as a, as a, as a coach is, look, this kid's not ready to help me yet. But I think this kid has potential. So what do you do? You know, you make sure he's by your veteran players. You I I've, I sure. can't tell how many times I've had conversations with my veterans. Hey, look, man, I need you to take so-and-so under your wing. Because right. that guy can help us. You, you know yep. what I mean? And yep. And that's part of your legacy is that guy coming in and, and looking at you and pointing to you saying, hey, you know, I'm here because of so-and-so. But then also making the time to, to step in and say, hey, look, man, you, you want to play? Here's what you got to do. And, if, you know, meet me here. We got meet me after practice, meet me, do this, do that, those kind of things. And so – that's part of development that the guys aren't getting. And the other part of this, too, is a schematic problem in which you look at what the expectation is of a Notre Dame receiver has to have a lot on his plate. He just does. And we've heard Notre Dame, and this isn't just coming from me and my sources, go listen to a Notre Dame receiver get interviewed when they ask him about his freshman year. And just the look on their faces is like, oh, man, the playbook, go go listen to Joe Wilkins interview last year after the Duke game, if you, if you don't believe me. And listen to what he said about how difficult it was to consume the entire playbook and how, as a freshman, he was expected to know it all. And because he didn't, he didn't say it like this. He didn't say the last part, like, because I didn't know it, I didn't play. That's just what happened. Well, they won't say that. They're not right, going to say Right, because these that. kids are too respectful and too classy. Just like Jordan Johnson did not say what I'm sure he, you know. I mean, because he didn't say why he's transferring. He just right. thanked everybody for the opportunity. Well, if it was all wonderful and he loves everyone, then he would still be at Notre Dame. But he, you know, he's too respectful, and most kids are because they know that there's nothing that's good going to come. Because what's it going to? If Brian Kelly goes out there and rips Jordan Johnson, fans are like, yeah, that's coaching. Jordan jo- Johnson goes out there and criticizes Brian Kelly. What an immature kid! He's just a right. punk. Good, he should be gone. Sadly, that's how it is. the The expectation is higher on the eighteen year old than it is for the fifty eight year old head coach. That's just the reality with sports, and that's true of any fan base in, in, in a lot of areas. So Jamel, that's kind of the, the issue for me. is It's it's more of a receiver-specific problem because receivers have to do so much than a running back. But we've seen a, a bit of this issue at times in the past with running backs as well. Josh Adams does not play much in 2015 if it's not for injuries. I mean, he he barely played after the Texas game when Torin Folsom went down. They just gave C.J. Pro all the time. I remember the USC game. Josh Adams comes in, rips off a 26-yard run, and it's his only carry of the game. Remember that, Vince, in 2015? Yep. So that's an issue. Beerbelly says, I don't blame him if coaches won't play him to go to another team and be their star.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
2: He will be missed. Agree. Again, here's, here's, and this is the counter to that. Jay says, I honestly think styles will make a mu- a bigger impact as a freshman than Jordan Johnson would have as a sophomore this year. Just my opinion. The writing has been on the wall since last year for, isn't that a problem though, Jay? The fact that the writing has been on the wall and there's nothing right. this kid is going to be able to do to get out of it. You know, I, that's a problem for me. You know, the fact that the writing has been on the wall for a kid since his first semester in college, that's a problem. This kid wasn't an early enrollee. This was a problem. If you're telling me that the writing has been on the wall since his first semester in college, that is not a Jordan Johnson problem. I'm sorry. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Donald Richardson says some kids don't have patience anymore. They want to be the main guy in the field. I get it, but your time will come fast that faster than he thinks they got to get some young athletes on the field if they are ready, though. I think it's kind of a little bit of both, Donald. I think that there is a notion that kids aren't patient, and that's a partly why Vince and I don't like this transfer rule because it removes. So what happens is, is that the transfer rule by forcing guys to sit out of here removes emotion from these decisions. Correct,
1: because you have to you because have to you have to really, to really think, about think
2: about it. it. Yeah. Now right. it, it there's no it, that you can make as many emotional decisions as you want, yep. and as adults, we need to be able to say, Hey, look, I've been there. I transferred after my freshman year. I didn't have the kind of, you know, the 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 the, the force of, hey, you and transfer, you have to sit out a year, you know? And and so it just, it's not a good thing. And I think kids are impatient. And this is going to yeah. create a lot more transferring. And that's going to create a lot more regret and a lot more problems and a lot more recruiting of players that are on other teams. If you don't think that coaches at Alabama, or I'm, I shouldn't say Alabama because I don't know this. that's a, That's unfair of me to say Alabama specifically if you don't think there aren't coaches at other programs that are called, that have been calling for the last six months, Jordan Johnson's high school coaches or friends or former teammates and saying, Hey, or if they have players on their team that played seven on seven with Jordan or went to camps with Jordan or no Jordan say, Hey, Hey, let your boy know. He come here and we're we're ready. Yeah. That's going to happen even more and more now that there's the transfer rule. But at the same time, Donald also, I think this is a very fair comment Vince, because he also says, look, they got to get some young guys on the field. And, I think it's it's the job of the coaches to say, hey, look, this kid is talented. It's your job to push him. And I, I think I've told this story before, Vince. In 2002, I was coaching running backs, and our fullback issue was it was problematic. We didn't have great talent at fullback, and we were a, a, a two-back team. And so the head coach and the offensive coordinator said to me, we had a linebacker that was really, really athletic, and he was like 230 pounds, but he, he wasn't real instinctive as a linebacker. You know what I mean? And so they said, look, it's your job to get this ready, get this kid ready to play. And then we took one of our running backs and said, we're going to cross-train him at running back. And the, the, the coach has said to me, if they're not ready to play, that's on you. So you better do what you got to do to get these guys ready to play. And that, to me, is what should have happened here, is Brian Kelly should have said, hey, I know Jordan's a knucklehead, and he's not doing what he needs to do, but it's up to you to make sure he does it. And if he yeah. doesn't do it, and I know for a fact that this is how Urban Meyer runs his program. I know this for a fact. If he's not going to class and if he's not developing and he's not ready to play on Saturday, that's your fault, not his. That's what head coaches say. Most head coaches will say, "to, to, to but when your program is not – when you don't really care as much about forcing the issue with younger, talented players, then you're going to get what we see at Notre Dame. Uh, Brandon Brandon looks at this, Vince, and he, he looks at it from a recruiting standpoint. Hopefully we can now take four receivers, Bradshaw, Merriweather, Williams, and Walker. Yeah, that sounds good, Brandon, but <laughs> I mean – do, do you think Notre Dame leads for all four of those guys right now? I don't. I think they lead for one of them, but not all four of them. That that's a. Uh, but even then, let's say they get all four of those guys. Who's to say they're not going to have to suffer through the same thing that Jordan Johnson went through? That's kind of that's kind of where I look at it. Here's again two different opinions, Vince. Jacob says I love how and we plays. I love how our walk on Salerno can get PT and get the ball thrown his way but former five-star, can't sniff the field for two years or get any opportunities baffling. And then, of course, Searcher Green has the opposite. We will see if the problem was with J.J. or Notre Dame. Uh, we see what he becomes a, a, you know, on another staff, if he becomes a first-round pick. Uh, and, and then he had another comment, you know, uh, that, that, that kind of similar thing. So, again, all types of different views on this. Michael Morris, I've talked to some of the players, and, and I have read that Jordan was – the best wide here on the team do you believe he has gotten a fair shot i i don't believe that and i've heard the same things yeah. that michael has there are people on the team that have said to me like that's our most talented dude right like, he's the most talented dude they have well and there was and another so,
1: one in here uh to, to refute that one was he jordan had off the field issue he skipped some practices
2: no no he didn't so, so i wanted to throw that out there no too. he did yeah all right um uh, Let's see if we got some more. All right, here we go. Kelly has always been great at taking three, four-star kids and building them up. It seems like the majority of five-star skill players, he gets either don't reach their full potential or don't pan out. Well, see, part of that, Sean, too, is because – You still have the to ex- develop a five-star kid. But it's what a kid's expectation is, right? And and that's the thing. That's is true. Adi Takumba Ogandiji is going to be a lot more patient by not playing for two years than Daylon Hayes would have been. Or – you know, pick a, pick a highly ranked player. You know, that's just the thing is like, look, I was recruited by so-and-so, so-and-so and so-and-so. And, you know, they're all telling me I'm going to play. And then I get here and you're not playing me. That's human nature. That's how I was as a freshman. Look, I started as a true freshman and transferred. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into to, to transferring. And the fact is, is when, when you're a highly ranked guy, there's a level of expectation that you're going to get your opportunity. And if they didn't want to play him in the fall, because look, there are there are legitimate reasons that we could have a conversation about why they didn't play him in the fall. That I would I would ex- accept, Vince. It was a COVID year. Mm-hmm. It was a you know it was a, it just it was it was one of those years. We're all trying to figure out how to handle sure. this. Sure. Sure. And and it was a situation where like look, we just felt like we needed to play our veterans to get out of these games with wins and okay. just survive the season. Okay, cool. You know what? I would actually understand. You didn't understand have a spring.
1: That. You didn't right. have and you didn't right. know if. Practice was going to get canceled. Right. Like, if you devoted entire practice to younger right. guys and then practice gets canceled because of COVID. Right. Now, and we in- saw
2: that Notre Dame I, had a game canceled. I get that. They were supposed to play Wake Forest twice last year. Sure. I get that. I, I totally would uh, be able to stomach that excuse. I get but, that. But then when you get to the spring, the the the, the way it, that's, that's the time when you force feed the issue. And my thing is, they did that with the offensive linemen. They've done – I mean, Brian Kelly talked about how they're – he told his coaches, I want to make sure that these early enrollees get extra playing time because we need to make sure we develop them. Well, why aren't you doing that with Xavier Watts and Jordan Johnson on offense? Why is that only happening on defense? Yeah. It's mind-boggling. Some of the stuff Brian Kelly says, I'm like, I don't see how people can just soak it all in and be like, yep, 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 oh, yep. Makes. T-. There's so much contradictory <laughs> things in there. Yep. Like, hey, guess what? This is Jordan Johnson's first spring too, yeah. Right, not just Ryan Barnes and Philip Riley and Justin and Walters. This is Jordan Johnson's first spring. This Xavier Watts had one whole spring practice last year. Looked pretty good at it too. So it, it's just kind of it's kind of frustrating. Thomas Kemp for me probably has my favorite because he gave me a, a glass half full and a glass half empty comment all in one. This is beautiful, Vince. I like that. Glass half full. It does leave room for Deion Cozy and Lorenzo Styles fill in until ultimately they also aren't developed by Dell and PK and (laughs) Lee. Exactly. That is wonderful. Um, You know, look, I I, I think it's a little different scenario with each – every kid's different. I I mean, that's why not every kid that didn't play as a freshman left. Jordan Johnson left because his expectation was different than it was for a lot of other kids that came to Notre Dame. And, And he came to Notre Dame. Academics were important to him. I've met his mother. Trust me, academics were important to him, especially his mom. He just needed some growing – he had some growing up to do, and not in bad ways, just he had some – We I, all did. Yes. Believe yeah. me. Yeah, but the, it, it's also – but he came to Notre Dame also, a big part of it was football. And the fact is, is football wasn't working out for him. But as right. a big-time recruit, he understands, hey, I can go to so-and-so and I can play for so-and-so, and, and every team has has transfers. I mean, Ohio State just lost a kid that caught some passes for him last year as a freshman. Jamison Williams just transferred to Alabama. So this kind of thing is going to happen, but Notre Dame can't afford. Alabama and Ohio State can afford to lose a big time receiver and be fine. I don't think Notre Dame is as much in that type of situation. Let's see here. There was a um, there was a comment. This in is here this I- is the a great comment from the fifth horseman. Yeah, yes, we you need go. y'all to give us a like, hit the s- subscription bell or a button, and also the notification bell to make sure that you're getting notified of all of our. Uh, here, here we go. Here's the other one from Searcher Green. Depth chart shouldn't change. He didn't seem to be in it. Yeah, we get that right, that's but the that's the problem that's the problem he should have been in it he they should have they should have force-fed the issue with him like they did like Brian Kelly this isn't my opinion this is what the head football coach Notre Dame Brian Kelly said I told the coaches that they need to make sure that we're playing these early enrollees otherwise we shouldn't bring them in so why doesn't that include a freshman who's going through his first spring who also happens to be more talented than those guys that you're talking about um here's a here's a good comment um Michael says it's never one person's fault to want to change the big picture is how it affects future recruiting in the position group. And yeah, that's, that is, that is a problem. That is certainly because I think, you know, Brandon talked about Vince wanting to land that great four-star receiving core. And then, you know, now these, but those guys can look and say, well, what happened? What happened? Why did he play? Why isn't? Oh, man. then they start looking, well, hey, so-and-so didn't play. And then so-and-so else didn't play. And wow, Miles Boykin didn't catch a pass till his third year. That's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Like that's her second year. Those are the kind of things. Well, now it's becoming a trend, too.
1: And that's I want to ask you about this, Brian. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you had up the depth chart there. And Mm -hmm. I think we can both agree that if everything goes the way we hope it goes, that 2021 will be just fine um so sean put in there we need to hit the tra- we need to look at the transfer portal stat i don't think that that's the answer unless you uh, want to also lose more players because yeah you bring somebody else in who automatically is up here then you're right. going to lose some of these guys in here right. that will eventually be up here you've got enough guys up here to get you develop
2: you- your flipping players yeah absolutely as I don't simple think as so. that develop- Transfer portal is
1: not the answer right now now
2: i would say that it is if you're willing to bring in a guy for depth Right. So, like if you brought in a Cameron Smith kind of player, but your goal wasn't to immediately thrust him into the starting lineup, you say, Hey, look, man, right now we feel really good about our four or five guys, but, you know, we're going to give you a chance if, you know, if there's some injuries, but who's going to come in that situation? Yeah. The fact is, is if you bring in a transfer, you know, so, so let's just say they bring in like a, a guy and say, Okay, Lawrence Keys is, you're not going to play as much because we're bringing in this transfer. Okay, fine that guy's going to play with Lawrence keys, but you know what? You're not going to have in 2022. You're not going to have Lawrence keys. So that's why I say I, I would, I would not look now. Notre Dame probably will. I think that's very lazy, um, in my opinion, but they, they, they might do that. I should say they probably will. That's just me being frustrated, but they, they might. And, um, I think that'd be a mistake. Connor Patton says this based on my limited knowledge of this, I feel angry at Brian Kelly. Am I wrong to feel that way? (laughs) Connor, I would I wouldn't say you're wrong. I mean you can feel however you want. I would just encourage you not to allow things like this to make you angry. It's but it is okay to be frustrated. Frustrated, I I think. I just wouldn't allow it to my man. You got kids you're dealing with every day. You know, you got the babies and crying. You got plenty of things. You shouldn't be getting (laughs) mad about football. Frustrated, yes.
1: Frustrated, yes, but not
2: mad. Um, Here's one. I understand we still have good players, but other programs are able to consistently develop and play young receivers and put them in a position to make big game, changing plays, and we don't. No excuses. Agree completely. Yeah, agree. Agree. And then Thomas Kemp says, why does a freshman wide receiver at Ohio State with a similar ranking as Jordan Johnson get meaningful snaps in the championship game while dealing with a more competitive wide receiver room? Uh, I know the scheme is different, but still. Yeah, I mean, that's could say the same thing about Clemson. We've seen it from Ohio State in the past. You know, I've used the Chris Alave example. Um, You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a frustrating, it's a frustrating thing. So, um, let's see here, uh, DJ Wilson. He was, he knew he was not going to see the field on a consistent basis. Something about Kelly's attitude about JJ. That's the thing I have heard. I have Vince. I probably have had received in the last couple months, at least 50 DMS or texts of people saying, why doesn't Brian Kelly like Jordan Johnson? That, well, and the, and it's not about playing time. It's about you can just see there's yeah. like contempt yes. in his voice that, when yes. he talks about George. And if, and if Brian Kelly's not willing to see that and admit that, or if there's not people in his his circle that are willing to say, "Hey, coach, you you can't talk you can't talk down a player right constantly, right. and Expect him to stay." It's the exact there was no carrot. There was only
1: stick. It was the exact opposite of the way he talked about like Ian Book, for example. Like it right. was his son. You know what right. I mean? Like, like he. Look, Brian Kelly's a passionate guy, and I I, I have no problem with that. But mm-hmm. you also have to watch what you say when you're a passionate guy. I've gotten myself into trouble like that before. Mm-hmm. You, you you can't love on somebody, you know, one second, and then look at somebody else and just be totally down on him because right. people can read you. They know right. what you're saying, and you know he doesn't hide his emotion very right. well. Let's put it that way. Um, and
2: and as an Irish guy, he's very stubborn, which I, I can, get it, I, which I can relate to Absolutely. as an Irish dude. Yeah, I get it. But you have to be savvy enough. And he usually is. That's what's so that's what's weird. I think that's why people looked at the Jordan Johnson situation differently, because Brian Kelly has always been real in life. We've praised him for this. of being really good at the carrot and the stick. Yeah, there's always that. Hey, you know, so and so is playing great in practice, but he's got to do this, this and this. Sure. But Jordan Johnson it was always it's just all the stick, buts. man. It was just the butts. And, and he said, well, yeah, you know, he's coming along. And it was always like half-hearted praise, like, eh, whatever. I don't want to talk about him.
1: And he actually – there was one press conference in the spring this year where he brought up Jordan Johnson's name. Yeah. Nobody else even did. In a did.
2: negative fashion. Yes. He's like, well, I right. know you
1: guys all want to talk about Jordan Johnson. He's just
2: And like him. he was annoyed like, by it. Yeah. Like, oh, God, we would actually want to talk about one of your players. God yes. forbid us. From wanting right. to do that, and that's the problem that I have. Yeah. Right, Griff there. Weidler says I can't wait to see Jordan Johnson go somewhere else and ball out like Jarkovic. I think there's a lot of Notre Dame fans I'll be, feeling the same way.
1: Wherever yeah. he ends up, I will be rooting for him.
2: Yep. Let's see here. uh How bad does this hurt Notre Dame's chances with Mac Markway? Now, Mac Markway is a 2023 tight end from the same high school as Jordan Johnson. Mm. Sircher, I honestly don't know if it's going to hurt. I, you know, I. I think part of it is is how close was Jordan Johnson and Mac Markway? I don't know the answer to that question. And you know we've seen guys transfer before and it doesn't impact them. I think this could be a unique situation because they're from the same high school and they're relatively sure. close in age, just two years apart. But you, you know, I, look, if Mac Markway likes to go to Notre Dame, it's going to look different for him because he's a tight end. He's not right. a, he's not a receiver right. and, and he
1: sees, he sees uh Michael Notre Mayer Dame's
2: number two tight end yeah. this past year, just got drafted in the NFL right. in the right. third right. round of the NFL, you know, <laughs> good point. Uh, so it, it, everything is different. Could it now, if him and Jordan Johnson are close, then it depends on, you know, if Jordan Johnson's telling his friends about why he really left. Sure. And, and maybe he's going to take the high road and say, Hey, look, you know, it just wasn't a fit for me, but you know, Hey, you got to check it out and do what's best for you. And, I would imagine that's that's what people around Mac will say. Look, it didn't work out for Jordan. This different situation. Jordan plays a different position. He's coached by a different guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, if you get a chance to play tight end at Notre Dame, you take it. You take advantage of that because you don't even have to be a starter at Notre Dame to right. get drafted get in drafted. the draft round. Yeah. Um, here we go. Caleb Collins says, if I was in Jordan Johnson's shoes, I would have left after the season. I would have wouldn't have bothered with spring ball after seeing that offense philosophy last year. I would have left.
1: Well. I get that. Yeah. yeah, I get that too. But I think the writing was on the wall that Tommy Reese is going to have a little bit more say this exactly. year. Exactly. He probably yeah. wanted to feel that out a little bit, yeah. see if it was going to be. Any and different. I think
2: he wanted to compete. He sure. just didn't get that chance. I mean, yeah. look, the reason Jordan didn't leave after his freshman years because or after the fall is because he, he thought he was going to get a chance to compete and, sure. and go show it. And and I don't think you know he really didn't. Irvin Castaneda says. Uh, and Irvin, if I'm not pronouncing your last name correctly, please let me know. I know I've said it that way many times, but if I'm saying it wrong, please tell me because I want to get it right. It took me, how Vince, how long did it take me to get your name correct? I kept it saying a little you had to give me the, the rhythm. You said, okay, it's it's like hi-ho hadario. Hi, ho um, Dario. Dario, yeah, right. yeah yes. there you go. So I had, because yeah. I kept saying Dario. I don't know. Yeah. And we were Everybody friends does. and I kept messing I know. It up. So. Yeah. I stopped um, correcting people. Yeah, so if Irvin, if I'm not getting your name right, let me know. I want to make sure I'm getting it correct. Uh, if the De- if, Is the Dell Alexander time at Notre Dame clock finally started ticking? The kid is from Florida. Ex- uh, the kids from Florida excuse can't be used this time. Oh, the kid is, gotcha. The kid is from Florida excuse can't be used this time. <laughs> Good coach is supposed to also mentor young men. Right, I agree. I mean, I, this is a we from about Catholic that. school. And, yeah. you know, again, I, I don't think that, which is frustrating because that's the reputation that Coach Alexander came to Notre Dame with. Yeah. You know, being right. in Arizona State and Wisconsin, I think he was at Michigan State as well. I think. I could be wrong on that. But I mean, he came with a reputation as being a really good teacher, but he just sure. hasn't done the job at Notre Dame. And it's it's a little frustrating. Um, appreciate everybody being part of the show. Uh, appreciate Jacob Dunn. Giving up, giving us a super chat—that's much, much appreciated. Certainly helps us out, uh, and uh, appreciate everybody being, taking time out of your day to listen to our show. Appreciate everybody sticking with us. Our numbers have been great throughout the show, and make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and the notification bell. So that way, when we do live shows, because what I try to do is give it at least an hour or two of a heads up of when we're going to go live. If you hit the notification bell, you'll get an email and you'll get notified on YouTube that we are going live uh, and, and you can be, and you can join us. And of course, as you always know, we'll, we'll get to sessions where you'll get, get a chance to get your opinion heard, which is why our shows tend to go so long. Cause I want to make sure that if you take the time to be part of our show, that you get a chance to have your voice get heard. And we'll always try to do that. Uh, especially on times like today, when we, we have a little bit more extra time. So appreciate it. Everybody have an awesome rest of your day. Make sure you're checking out irishbreakdown.com. I have a commitment roundup of of Eli Raridan, we have our podcast where we break down the commitment of Lee, Eli Raridan on there. Um, I have a early look at the 2022 draft. Talk about Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, Kyron Williams, some other guys that I think could be potential two, t- 2022 draft picks. So that's up on the site right now. Uh, uh, Eric rutter has got several recruiting stories up that I'm going to be putting up today and tomorrow. And I'm finishing up my outside receivers big board. Will be up very soon. So I'm going to break down and rank the outside receivers, which is a pretty appropriate time to do this. So make sure you're also checking out irishbreakdown.com. So everybody have a great rest of your day. Appreciate y'all being with us and we will, um, we will talk to you again very soon.
3: MyPatriotSupply.com